0: welcome to episode 111 of the untitled gaming podcast my name is zach
1: a palindrome
0: yeah it is is that our first one technically
1: do you count two numbers first, as a palindrome? no one oh one oh one would have been our first mm, one yeah. but no one thought of it at the time um which i believe you were hosting so mm. drop the ball right did
2: we there. make i feel like we would have talked about it That <laughs> might have been the one that was like our uh like our three or three-year anniversary that you guys forgot we about. Totally that forgot really about that. <laughs> we never <laughs> even properly celebrated that. Anyway, my
0: name is Zach. I mean, we had pizza, right? Yeah, I guess so. Did we? Yeah, we did. We did. We did. Anyway, my name is Zach. This week, I'm joined by Pat.
1: Ahoy, hoy, everyone.
0: And Rick. Rick. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We're a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews and impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows.
2: Favorite fast food desserts.
0: Favorite fast food desserts.
1: Uh, Are are you counting like... They don't have it anymore, but Steak and Shake used to have the brownie fudge sundae. Steak and Shake did have a brownie Warm brownie, scoop of ice cream, whipped cream, Hershey's syrup.
0: Really good. Sam is sitting next to me. She said, "Sonic Blast."
1: That's a a move in the new Sonic game.
0: It's a move in the Ooh. new Sonic game. Oh,
1: Sonic Blast! Sonic
0: Blast. It's a fucking dessert. Sam says it's a fucking dessert. She's adamant about it. It is. What's in it? What's in it? You can get whatever you want. It can be like a brownie blast, a Reese's <laughs> blast, an Oreo blast, whatever. <laughs> uh. I kind of want to be, like, super generic and just go for, like, a McFlurry or something.
1: It's totally you. I knew you would say that. Yeah, it's delicious. What's wrong with that?
2: I'm going to go with a reliable ice cream machine, and I'm going to say the Arby's Jamocha Shake. Mm.
1: It's got Jamocha in it. That's I I don't go really to Arby's,
0: so it's just like...
1: What, are you above Arby's now? What is wrong with you? Like, I
2: would understand packs. They have the meats. They are the meats. Act.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: cool moving on (laughs) uh so this week we will be discussing uh the
2: game awards
0: but first what have you been playing uh rick let's start with you
2: but from last podcast i think i was like almost finished with the forgotten city well i finished it and i got like two more endings so i'm calling it on that game um i've been playing a little bit of witcher 3 wild hunt i bought that for the uh fourth time Um, I feel like you're
1: perpetually playing Witcher three at this point.
2: I've never beaten it, and I'm always starting over. Is (laughs) it not on Game Pass anymore? No, it's not. Isn't it? No. Really? I I was going to say, why would you buy it again
0: if it's yeah? But obviously, it's not on Game Pass.
2: Game of the Year edition. Game of the Year edition uh, was like ten bucks, so I bought that. Mm. Um, I've been playing some Hellblade just to test out the uh, cloud streaming uh, that Xbox offers now, just so I don't have to like load up my smaller internal hard drive uh with a bunch of games so i just tested out with hellblade and i'm about to beat hellblade so i'm just gonna wait and beat it in february i don't think i'll be able to get a lot of achievements in february since i have a kid but that's one of the ones i will get uh what else i tried to play space warlord organ trading simulator um i didn't get that far it's a pretty basic game um, Is
1: this because I posted, I'm like, this game exists and it's on Game Pass.
2: Yep. <laughs> um, of course, Halo Infinite multiplayer. Been playing a lot of that, uh, both ranked and unranked matches and actually like leveling up a bit because now it's like, oh, sweet, you play the game, you didn't contribute shit and you died all the time. Here's what you would have gotten if you would have won. It's like, I don't care. Like, I'm enjoying it. It's been quite a lot of fun. Uh, I also bought Death's Door. Um, it finally went on sale on Xbox. So, um, yeah, definitely okay, did not have pay full price, but honestly, so far, it's been a lot of fun. Robbed at the Game Awards.
1: We'll get and
2: to last but not least, I'm not very proud of this one, but I am flexing my dad, like, card really hard right now. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> Lawn Mowing Simulator. Oh, my
1: God. That's actually pretty popular.
2: Holy shit. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where I'll just like put a YouTube you know, video on my phone and I'll just sit there for like, like each lawn takes about a half hour. I think I've done like 10 lawns. Like I'm spending a lot of fucking time on this game. Of course, I'm not now that I have. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you start your own little lawnmower company and like right now I'm like waiting for my building to finish and they're like, oh, it'll be done in eight days. And I'm like, sweet, eight days video game time. I'm going to mow like one lawn, maybe two. It'll be done. No. I think it might be like eight end game days. It's like, okay, cool. And then eventually I can get another bay, buy another mower, hire a guy that he can also travel around on his mower (laughs) and then like help out my business. But right now it's just like going over with a riding lawn mower as much as good as I can. I got really fucking good at it. And then like weed eating a little bit. So you get 99.5% of this lawn mode. So
1: after you beat this, check out a power
2: wash simulator what the fuck? There's a power wash simulator. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh my and God. My mind it is takes blown. place. It takes place in a town that is near a volcano. So all these houses have like volcanic ash on them that you have to like clean. If
2: <laughs> apparently it comes the game like, pass. Like, holy shit. Yeah,
1: it might be, I'm not hundred percent sure, but it's, uh, apparently like the, the game theory guy did a theory on it. There's like a bunch of hidden lore and stuff about like the, the mayor's dog and stuff.
2: See, like, same with, like, Unpacking. It was one of those same games where it's like, okay, cool, this is kind of tedious, and it's kind of, like, chores, but it's f- kind of fun. And with Unpacking, you have to, like, actually figure out things about this person's life, and that was very, really interesting. That's why I love that game. This is very professional, and uh, my you get to name your lawn mowing company. So, uh, mine is A Lawn Lawn Time Ago in a Galaxy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>
1: You got the Star Wars reference, you got the pun, like, it worked so Oh, yeah,
2: well. it, it worked really good. Like, as I said, I'm a I'm a dad now, so I need to show it to the world. And this is how I've been doing that, by playing Lawn Mowing Simulator. And, yeah, that's what I've been playing, I apologize. But, you know, it's a dad thing you wouldn't understand yet. <laughs> now, Zach, or Pat, uh, whoever wants to go. Pat, you can go ahead. I'll go,
1: all right. Uh, so, obviously... Halo campaign came out. So I've been playing that. I've still been playing Halo multiplayer. I would say like 90% of my time has gone into that, but I've talked a lot about that. My Halo multiplayer review is out. Go check that out. My Halo campaign review will come out soon, uh, probably before the Far Cry review or the Kenna review, if if those ever come out, just say it. But stay tuned for that. So I'm not going to bore you too much repeating myself. But I did play the demo for Inscription on Steam. So you can kind of download this demo. And I saw it was nominated for like Indie Game of the Year. And um, was it one of the ones that it's like brand new debut game or something like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But played it. It's it's a very weird game because I didn't know much about this. I thought it was just like a card game uh, based on like the one trailer I saw like months ago. Uh, but it's kind of like a escape room roguelite card game uh and it's kind of like a a battle monsters thing so you the the demo takes place and you're in this room and you're there's this guy like who's like cloaked in shadows and he's like time to play the game and he's like explaining the game to you and it's kind of like you have these uh creatures in your hand it's kind of like magic the gathering where you have creatures in your hand that have an attack power and a life Uh, certain creatures you can just put down, certain creatures require a blood sacrifice and certain creatures require a bone sacrifice. Uh, Bone means you get a bone every time a creature dies and then to get a blood sacrifice, you have to literally kill a creature. Um, So every time you do a blood sacrifice, you'll get a bone. I know it sounds a lot complicated. I'm not going to go super in depth here, but like the cards start talking to you, like it's moving pictures, and the cards are like, hey, you know, there's a way out of here, right? We need to find the other cards and stuff. So at at some point um, in the demo, like I think after your first match or so, the guy's like, you know, you can get up, stretch your legs a little bit, right? So then you get up and then you're like looking around the room. The door is locked, but then there's these like little puzzle things. Um, There's the rule book to your left. And then there's these like little puzzle boxes and little knickknacks and stuff all around the room. So if uh, one of the cards is like, hey, uh, the last guy who got out of here... wrote down something in the rule book. So then you're flipping through the rule book and then you find this code and then you can put the code into like the, uh, there's this little like lock mechanism thing. You can put it in there and that gives you uh, a few new cards and like these cards start talking to each other and you're formulating a plan on how to get out. And the second you lose, uh, two matches, uh, there's like two candles next to you. So if you lose the first match, the first candle will go out. The second you lose the second match, The second candle goes out and then it like restarts like that person has died. And then uh, a new person has come into this like cabin in the woods trying to get out and stuff. So it's kind of like got those roguelike elements. But the way stuff carries over is every time he kills a character, he uses that person's deck to build a new card. And that card can be something you can earn on the next run. So I actually made a really powerful card when I died. And I was able to get it in my second run. Um, The demo uh, only goes to the point where you beat like one of the first boss fights or whatever. And then it kind of ends with the trailer. But it's a really interesting game and I definitely want to play more of it. It's just too much stuff is out now for me to kind of focus on that. So I'll probably um, give it a little bit more time. Uh, Hopefully, maybe see if I can squeeze it in before Tuggy nominations. But who knows? And then I also played the, we'll talk about this a little later, but it's the Matrix experience. Uh, it's the Unreal Engine Five demo for Matrix Awakens, and it's kind of, it's it's basically marketing for the movie that's coming out. Um, Matrix, what's the new one called? Revelation? No. Um,
0: Resurrection.
1: I don't know, does anyone know. Resurrections. Matrix Resurrections. Yeah. Um, it's basically marketing for that. So it starts off with uh, Keanu Reeves talking, and then I'm like, wait a minute is that CG or is that the real Keanu Reeves? And then another, like an, a younger version of Keanu pops up and I'm like, that's definitely CG. And then another one comes up. I'm like, is this the same guy or is this the real Keanu now? Cause this one looks a little better or did that one just look a little worse? I don't know, but it's like, I was questioning whether or not this is like uh full motion video or if this is CG and then it kind of runs you through like a little uh, car chase sequence where you're, uh, shooting bullets, but it's not like you, you don't have free aim. Uh, you can basically target a couple of different points, and you're kind of making the decision like, I want to target the tire, or I want to target the guy who's jumping at me, or whatever. Um, it takes like five to ten minutes to to beat all of this, and then at the end, you can actually like walk around the city that they've made, and it kind of gives you like little uh stuff for Unreal Engine. Like, you can turn on a filter where you just see like the nanite stuff. And then there's a filter where it shows you just the pixels that are rendered, not the ones that are displayed because it's upscaling in real time. So it's kind of like really freaky where you can change that and it's like, okay, everything looks blurry. And then you turn like the, the upscaling on and it's like, okay, now everything looks like it's 4k and stuff. So, um, it's like 30 gigs. I don't know if that's worth like 10 minutes to you guys, but I found it interesting. And, uh, I mean, if you're a matrix fan, you'll probably really enjoy it, but, yeah, it's, it's free and on Xbox and PS5, so check it out if you like Matrix. But besides Halo, that's kind of all I've been playing. What about you, Zach?
0: Yeah, so it's been a while since I've been on the podcast, and I will address that because I forgot to do it at the beginning. Because you love the No, no, no absolutely yeah. not. And, yeah. Well, now that you brought it up, we might as well talk about it now. My name was slandered on the last podcast, <laughs> and I wasn't on to defend myself because I was so upset that Ohio State lost because I'm an Ohio State fan. I'm an Ohio State graduate. So, then to listen to the podcast and hear my name associated with that. I
1: mean, nothing of how you present yourself has made me believe that you're oh, a Ohio shut State fan. <laughs>
0: like, shut your mouth. So, yeah. But I, I, I hate Michigan and everything about them. God knows I was not celebrating Are You love their OSU? Victory. Yeah, of course I love Ohio State. But you love OSU? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I don't know why you're looking at me like that, <laughs>
2: inquisitively.
1: <laughs> I just want to make sure we're on the same page because this is new It's not new to me. You're just a bastard. <laughs>
0: like,
2: so hey, Zach. So who was
0: Ohio State's last coach? Like, what do you mean? Before Ryan Day, it was Urban Meyer.
2: Who was their last
0: coach? It was Urban Meyer. Before that,
2: it was. No, their last coach was Ryan Day because he's still their coach. The last game they played, he was the coach. You're a poser.
0: No, la- I said before Ryan Day because last <laughs> implies a like a past tense. Ownership of that job Because our current coach is Ryan Day (laughs) Not our last coach Or previous He was the last
1: coach for the last game
0: He was the coach for the last game But we still have another game to play So he's the current coach
1: Don't roll your eyes We have have another game to play You don't even like them You don't even care
0: (laughs) So now that we've got that out of the way Fuck Michigan And I don't really care if you're from Michigan You're listening to this I hate But as far as games that I haven't played, it's been a while since I've um, been on the pod. So I guess in that time, I've played... I'm just going to rattle them off and not go into too much detail. Uh, I've started the Halo Infinite campaign. I haven't played any of the multiplayer because I wanted to play the campaign first uh, before doing the multiplayer. I've played on GameCube. I was playing Super Mario Strikers and Mario Kart Double Dash. played FIFA, F1, Rocket League, Chess like online if we count that as a game a video game as opposed like a board game or something and octopath traveler yeah that's everything uh so before we get into the topic of show we have not so news 2.0 so uh for this we kind of just uh go through a couple um headlines and newsworthy topics that we're not committing to the topic of show but is worth uh discussing so this week we have two not so news topics so the first one we're going to talk about is a playstation uh kind of rumoring to have a competitor for game pass. Uh, and I know that this is something we've talked about, about like why PlayStation hasn't done this sooner. Uh, so to kind of hear about it now, we talked about kind of what it might entail because we don't have any details of it, do we as far as like what the content of it would be?
1: Yeah. We have uh, a report from Bloomberg uh, that shows there's going to be three different tiers. Okay. All right. So uh, yeah, according to uh Bloomberg's Jason Trier, who's known to, you know, be a credible source in the gaming news space, uh, there is PlayStation is working on their own streaming service to compete to compete with Game Pass called Project Spartacus, and it's going to have basically three different tiers. So right now they have PlayStation Plus, and then they have their own streaming service which is PlayStation Now. So right now if you subscribe to PlayStation Plus, you get the monthly free games just like games with gold. Um, and then if you subscribe to PlayStation now you, you have the ability to uh, download, I think it's PS four, uh, and then PS two, certain PS two games. Um, I I think PS three is, uh, it's, they haven't figured that you can stream PS three games. You can't download them because they have, they don't have backwards compatibility on the, the PS four or the PS five. So that's that's the thing people have found like the the biggest issue with with uh, PlayStation now is that you know on Xbox Game Pass a lot of these 360 games you're able you're just able to download and play and uh, if you have the old disc you can put it in and uh, it'll read it and then you can download the digital version and even with that you don't have to rebuy the old game. Uh, with PlayStation now you have to subscribe to PlayStation now and then you're streaming the game from PlayStation serve. So you're not running it locally. So there is quite a bit of lag for some of these games and it's not like the best experience, at least for the PlayStation three ones. Um, yeah, right now, um, it is kind of limited, but the rumor here is that they're going to do Spartacus, which is kind of basically combining the two, uh, subscription services. So the first tier Um, is going to maintain the current PlayStation Plus benefits. So you'll be able to play online. You'll get free games every month, all of that. Uh, The second tier will uh, offer a large category of PS4 and eventually PS5 games, um, which I think is like their PlayStation collection kind of now, right? Because if you have a PS5, you get like 20, 20, 30 games from PS4 that you can just download and play. And then the final tier is going to be adding uh, extended demos, game streaming, and a classic library of PS1, PS2, PS3, and uh, PSP games. Um, So you'll be able to play those either on PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5. Where it kind of gets muddy is we don't know if this is going to be running locally or if this is still going to be streaming. So what are you guys' thoughts? Do you guys think PlayStation has figured out the cell processing with the PS3 and backwards compatibility of the PlayStation one and everything. Or do you think it's just going to be their PlayStation now just rebranded? I think library wise, if they can figure this out and the licensing issues, there's a huge library of PS one, PS two, PS three games that they can pull from and then put on there. And that's just going to be a huge thing. Cause like, that's the, like obviously PlayStation was around much longer than Xbox. So they have a lot more games to kind of like pull from, but what they need to kind of figure out is, yeah, get it running locally. And then also like the FPS boost and the resolution boost that Microsoft has been doing. Because that is, you can play New Vegas 4K 60 FPS now on the PS or on the Xbox uh, Series X. On the PlayStation, if you can get backwards compatibility on the PS5, is that going to be the same level or is that going to be, you know, just the 720p 30 FPS stuff we
2: had there? Also, what uh, Microsoft has that Sony doesn't have is, say, Bethesda, or that sweet deal with EA, where we can get all those games as well. So, like, I understand it's going to be like a nostalgia grab, but at the same time, uh, PlayStation, and I know what they usually tend to offer, i.e. the uh, PS1 mini console release, uh, they tend to hold back quite a bit. So unless they really want to, like, loosen up their belt and be, like, fairly liberal with this they're not going to be throwing out as much. Like I already have uh final fantasy seven on my Xbox, final fantasy eight final yeah, fantasy. Spyro
1: has been remastered like 10 11, 12, like
2: mm-hmm. oh, 10, 12. But so it's not like, I'm wondering what they have to offer. Like we can already play the crash insane trilogy.
1: Yeah. And then the biggest thing Jason says in his article is don't expect this to be like game pass where they offer first party titles day one on Spartacus. Sony is not interested in doing that at all. And I'm like, that's the biggest draw for Game Pass for me. Like this year alone, I I was able to play Psychonauts, uh, Halo Infinite, Forza Horizon 5, uh, um, Age of Empires, like without buying those games. And that's huge because those games are not leaving because that's their own property. Those games are not going to leave the service. That's kind of like the Netflix originals. So I think that's the biggest thing. Like you can't really compete with Game Pass without having that, I think. Uh, in my opinion. Uh, also, Jason says it is coming spring of 2022, which is a lot sooner than I would have thought for them.
0: Yeah, with it being that soon, I would find it a little...
1: Maybe like a beta yeah. release or something? Yeah, and like I d-
0: it would kind of stretch uh, like my foundations of belief if it, if it would be full backwards compatibility all the way back to PlayStation 1 in such a short period of time. Especially given, like, that would be major news.
1: It would be... so. It would be big news initially, but I think if you don't offer the the performance boost, because that's just like a huge thing now, people are gonna be playing Spyro or something, like they'll go back to it and they're like, This looks like shit. Like I remember this looking better. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's a couple things that would, would, would obviously draw back and a lack of a performance boost is one, and then what you said about the first party games is another. So that like if you if they had those things then that's that's massive news. If, you, if you're if you offering both of those things, that's huge news, and then if that is in the works, you would have expected to hear about it sooner. Uh, and and to Rick's point, it is a nostalgia grab it, should they go all the way back to the PlayStation 1, but that only takes you so far, kind of more or less to the point of not being able to play first-party games day and date of launch for free. Like, that's such a huge thing because you're not looking at just the current library that they offer, but then it's constantly expanding yeah. every time a new and it's game adding- comes
1: out. To the and price. So we have talked about Game Pass. About, we talk about being the best value in gaming. Right. It exactly. just adds another hundred dollars a year, plus you gotta yeah. buy new games for seventy dollars. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. It's
0: just like why would I do that? Because the nostalgia factor for me isn't enough. I would rather go and like buy a PlayStation 2 console used somewhere because those aren't super expensive, I don't think, and then just buy a used Older game and just play it that way if I really want to play the game that badly, as opposed to subscribing to a service that doesn't even get me new games. So like that, like, like you're right, absolutely. It's it's the ability to get new first party games that totally drives Game Pass, and then everything else that comes with it is just yeah. like an awesome bonus to have with it, to have that expansive library. So, so, and then on top of that, you get like the performance boost and stuff like that, which is great because then it makes you want to go back and play older games because I know it's going to look.
1: Yeah. The way like, it should. Assassin's Creed one is now 4k 60 on the series X.
0: Right. That's crazy. <laughs> that's insane. Cause if you, like my memory of going back and playing Assassin's Creed one, is like, yeah, those graphics are all right. Not great. But to be 4k 60, like that's insane.
1: Yeah. So, um, I don't know if, if this, if let's say everything in here is true and it's running locally and all of that stuff, uh, depending on the price, let's say it is a hundred dollars a year. Um, it's probably gonna be more than that let's say 150 a year for the third tier and then 50 a year for this just the first tier which is basically playstation plus out of that where would you guys would you stay with what you have now like playstation plus or would you think about subscribing to that higher tier
2: for me it all depends on like what games they offer on that highest tier like i can't really think of any like ogps one game that i really like hasn't been either remade or remastered, isn't available on, like, PC or Xbox. Um, So if they're able to, like, surprise me and pull out a few, then I would be tempted.
1: I think the only thing right now that you can't, like, actually go back and, like, it not easy to find would be the PS3 games that were, like, exclusive to PS3. So, like, um, Resistance or, like, uh, Metal Gear 4 was PlayStation
2: Metal Gear 4, you can get um but like still like god of war they've been Mm. remade and re-released on the ps4 um trying to think of what other ps like um even like a shadow of colossus was ps2 um i'm just can't really think of too many especially like last of us um basically all the shining gems like nathan or uh, the uncharted all the shining gems of ps3 you can easily get on ps4 they made a point of doing that
1: on ps3 right
2: I say they're going to throw an yeah, in infamous, really... but I don't I never played it, so I could care less. Yeah.
0: I played infamous 1 a lot. I thought infamous 1 was great. Uh, yeah. But I mean, there're better games to play than infamous, to be perfectly honest.
1: There are people that are like super nostalgia for the PS1 and PS2, so I could definitely see this selling if it is. Well, I just don't see this having the legs of like Game Pass if you know, there's no performance boost and there's no day one first-party titles. That's the, it's just such a huge draw for me. So, but yeah, we'll kind of see, you know, obviously Game Pass is kind of changing the way we consume games. So, you know, th- this is actually good news because if, if they're forced to make a Game Pass competitor, there's there's a chance one day we'll have a subscription with Sony first-party titles, and that that
0: That'd would be amazing. That. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that, mainly because I feel like we've talked about it so much, and how much we talk about game pass that it took this long for this to kind of come to fruition. Cause we talked about how like the competition should breed this kind of like movement. And it's just kind of surprising that it took this long to, for this step to even like come out in a new cycle.
1: Well, Sony is a huge ship and it takes a while to turn that ship.
0: Yeah. And, but they also you know, have the resources. I think they're,
1: so it's like they're reacting, they're reacting to game pass, but game Pass has evolved so much, even since it was released with the FPS boost, with cloud streaming and everything so um you know with one subscription i get games on pc and playstation or on pc and xbox if this subscription doesn't include pc that's also another huge thing
2: pc game know.
1: pass
0: yeah not to keep like hyping up xbox and like not we're not necessarily shitting on sony this is obviously just that but it's just like kind of a testament to show like the vision that they had with Game Pass because obviously this isn't something that like on a whim you're doing these things, so they clearly had a vision. It took of,
1: them a generation to build Game Pass, right? Up, but yeah. like
0: they clearly had a vision of like this is what we want it to look like, and these are the steps that we're going to need to take to make it grow in the way we want it to grow, and the fact that they've kind of like nailed it more or less each step that they've gone with it, um, is like it, it shows how important it is to have a driving force and vision behind what you're trying to do instead of, like, being reactive to your competition. So they were, like, very forward-thinking with what they were doing with games, which I think is really impressive for, for something of, like, that scale or what it's ended up becoming in, like, its scope.
1: Yeah, and it's not a novel concept. Like, Netflix did this years ago. It's just bringing that to gaming where everybody was so tied to, like, physical media and, you know, reselling games and buying games at full price and stuff, so... Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where the where we fall at the end of this current generation versus where we are now. And then um, the
0: next not slow news topic that uh, we were talking about, there was an article that came out. I think it was on Bloomberg as well.
1: about. Yeah, this was also Jason Jason Schreier.
0: Uh, so we're a big fan of Jason on this episode. He should keep doing excellent work, Jason. You're doing great.
1: Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This was Dina Bass and Jason Schreier. Oh,
0: Dina, you get your credit, too. This is awesome. Uh, yeah. So they were talking about um, Halo Infinite's Rocky development turned redemption, essentially. So we, we kind of talked about it earlier. I mean, everybody was talking about it when they were showing that initial Halo Infinite gameplay. And it didn't look great. And they were immediately like getting bashed. And then it was delayed for the year. And we all know that. So to kind of go through that cycle and for it to be as well received as it has been is nice to see because it's it's got to be tough when you're a developer to kind of like take that criticism head on and it not being the product that you wanted it to be or was expecting it to be and to go back and kind of like put in the work to to have it be a quality product is is good it's a feel good story for sure for the developers to have to go through that and put out a solid product
1: yeah so there's just a little thing here that I kind of want to talk that a lot of people are bringing up and kind of like. I don't think fully understanding, um, but basically in this article, I'm just going to read here. By the summer of 2019, Halo Infinite was in crisis mode. The studio decided to cut almost two-thirds of the entire planned game, leaving managers to instruct some designers to come to the office and do nothing while the studio figured out the next move. Eventually, the game's open world was cut back from a vast Zelda-like experience into something far smaller. It soon became clear on... Soon became... It soon became clear to some on the team that even with the compromises, getting Halo Infinite into decent shape by the following fall would be impossible. Still, with the timing, still the timing of the release didn't seem up for discussion. Microsoft told 343 that it had to be a launch game for Xbox, which meant releasing it November twenty twenty two or November twenty twenty. So basically, he goes on to talk about how when Joseph uh, Joseph Satin was brought into, kind of like Herald- Halo Infinite, he was able to finally convince the the bosses and stuff to like delay Halo, and this is what we can get with this delay, and this will deliver a, f- a better final product. And it just goes to show you, like that was huge. Mm-hmm. Like them, like Halo was gonna be the launch title, and because they delayed it almost for a whole year, they didn't have any big games for the Xbox Series X. They were relying on you know backwards compatible games that yeah they look better, but they were still old games. So huge step props to, you know, three, four, three and Microsoft for delaying that taking, like having the balls to do that when, you know, other games like cyberpunk and stuff haven't, but a lot of people are bringing up this whole, like, Oh, it was supposed to be a much bigger game and they cut two thirds of it. That's game development. Like that's how that starts. Like you have an idea, you, you, start, you know, prototyping the idea and then you have to scale it down to make it feasible. So, you know, just because we haven't heard this publicly from other games, this is how so many games start off. Like if you if you look at like a game developer conference uh, discussion panels and stuff like that, it's it's always about like starting off with this huge ambitious idea and then scaling it back to make it work on current hardware. So it's not... It's not something that's like, holy shit, Halo was going to be so much huge and stuff. Like It's it's just that's how game development works. So yeah, I don't yeah, think there's even necess- what they left with. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I, I was going to say, I don't think it's necessarily a problem either. We've talked about it before with other games that sometimes it's better to not have the fluff in the game. We've discussed it with other games before.
1: Ubisoft, please do more <laughs>
0: of this. <laughs> we, we talked about it because I, I think it was when... Um, it may have been assassin's creed uh val well, I know we definitely talked about it with valhalla but I remember I brought it up with with Odyssey and and granted I loved playing Odyssey and there was a lot of stuff to do with it but it was almost like there was so much and there was too much and we were kind of like comparing it to like other games and what we would rather play and I remember Hellblade came up in that conversation where obviously the, the they're they're completely different games but like the, talk about the scope of the game like I would rather play a 20 hour game that's more condensed like in its size and everything but is easier for me to digest and it's also quality story and all that stuff i'd rather play that than like a 100 hour game where there's just a lot of extra fluff and stuff
1: like that yeah we talked about this with outer worlds as well like yeah fallout is huge but you know fallout takes a while to finish it takes like a 40 to 60 hour commitment Mm -hmm. outer worlds was what like 12 to 20 hours if you did everything yeah so
0: yeah it was nice mm -hmm. and short and fun yeah and it was just like and, and i and i i think that's a great thing and i and I think it's awesome that they did that for Halo because they recognize that... And again, like you said, I think it would probably be irresponsible to say they bit off more than they could chew because I don't think they did that. But it's just like, okay, recognizing that this is too big, we're just going to scale it down and that's fine. And I, I'd rather them do that than have a totally large game that's not easily digestible or fun to play.
1: Yeah. So Definitely better to have a polished... 10 to 12 hour experience which I think is what the Halo campaign is now I haven't beaten it but based on what I've heard that's how long it takes to beat versus like a a 30 hour like 40 hour like Far Cry which is you know super buggy at times and you know you're kind of just making your way through it not by choice but or like you know because you have to for a review (laughs) right (laughs) Jan but yeah Halo's awesome
0: so yeah so I think it's I think it's good because we've there've been a lot of stories that we've talked about where like we talk about crunch and all this other stuff and it's not been great for for developers and a lot of times when you hear stories about developers it's oftentimes not great because great like nice stories aren't newsworthy uh, when things go to plan uh, so it's nice to kind of have that kind of coverage and them giving props to the developers and for Microsoft because that, that's got to be like that had to have been the, one of the hardest conversations to have to talk about the flagship game that is basically synonymous with your entire company and then be like yeah we have to delay it that had to have been like such a difficult conversation and decision yeah. to make
1: but like i think it paid off like halo runs oh yeah amazing looks amazing and is getting great reviews it's sitting at what like an 87 on meta on uh, open critic right
2: now so and i will say i think like and honestly oh sorry go ahead oh, it's okay i just Really, I don't think there's really been much of an impact on sales, considering you still still can't find a Series X just about anywhere. Yeah. I know you see some S's pop up from time They've to time. Sold but out.
1: Yeah, they're selling they out everything all right. that they have, inventory wise. So. Yeah.
0: And I think I think also like it should be mentioned that it's good, um, like props to, not not that, not that they can do much about it, uh, but like the fan base to at least take up the mindset and the attitude that like they were willing to wait and be patient with it have you
1: been to our halo like, <laughs> every no I don't, every I don't post no
0: everyone on our halo is toxic and they're toxic for no reason and that's totally yeah, wrong the uh so like,
1: i i subscribed to our halo because you know i did that way before halo incident came out uh but they uh people actually created a new subreddit called sodium free halo which is for people who don't want to complain. <laughs> so I recommend that if you're uh, kind of fed up with what our Halo is doing. But the running joke is nobody hates Halo more than the Halo fans. So,
0: Right. I, I just think like, I think those, I think that's a I, I don't know. It seems like that would be like a small minority of people just like being very loud. It is the, it's um, it's the
1: same thing that happened with Last of Us. It's, it's the like, people, like if you go to our Last of Us, they were, Every post was about like, I can't believe they fucked this up so bad. Like, you know, we love this game, but what have they done to our game and stuff? And that's exactly what I'm seeing in our Halo right now. So it's just this vocal minority that just want to. And the. so I kind of we discussed this on Slack and stuff, but like I've been seeing posts where people are complaining about microtransactions in Halo Infinite and people are giving them Reddit gold. Like these posts are getting a shit ton of Reddit gold, which is the microtransactions from Reddit. So I'm like, you guys are using microtransactions from Reddit to show your support for this complaining thing, of
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, like microtransactions. Yeah. Microtransaction just, on Halo. I don't know if it's they like, understand it's it's wow.
1: irony. So
2: Right, I Those say, damn like, Halo fans, they ruined <laughs> Halo. Exactly, <yes. laughs>
1: um so. you know, just the running joke, we bring up Last Jedi in every podcast but this is like the last jedi <laughs> it's not like the last jedi it's not it's a, such <laughs> a good game that their own fans hate so yeah very reminiscent of last jedi that's my quota
0: but yeah so those were our uh those were our not so news topics so now we're going to get into the topic of show
1: uh which is the game awards
0: so on uh december 9th uh, the game awards happened we had predictions for it so we'll discuss those We're going to go through some of the more major categories and winners and, quite frankly, the things we care about more. Um, Let's talk about the awards first. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the awards first. spend more time talking about
1: about the awards than they did at at the Game Awards.
0: Right. No, yeah. (laughs) Which, Which, I mean, you know I mean? That's how those award shows go. That's how the Game Awards go. We know that the awards are not the focal point of the Game Awards.
1: Yeah, but it's I mean, everything else <laughs> if he's if Jeff Keighley is trying to make it like the Oscars, they, they definitely should be you, you need to give some sort of prestige to to the awards. And, you know, you, we had a couple of categories that were actually announced, like obviously Game of the Year and stuff. But some categories, they just didn't, they didn't even announce the nominees. They're like the best action game goes to this best sports game goes to that best whatever goes to this. And then he just did like rapid fire. And then meanwhile, we had time for Imagine Dragons and uh, Sting and Sting. Uh, the do KV music video, which is still stuck in my head. I feel like we could have lost some of those, Jeff Keighley. <laughs> but anyway, awards. <laughs>
0: awards. So, yeah. So, obviously, on December 9th, the awards happened. So, we're going to go through all the – uh, uh, not all of them. We're going to go through the categories that we feel the are – major ones, yeah. Major. You know – as we were just talking about how the Game Awards needs to have prestige, now we're going to totally neglect some of those awards um, so I mean I guess we'll just start with the big one, we'll just start with Game of the Year and kind of run our way down uh, so the nominees for Game of the Year were, oh I guess yeah so when we had recorded our prediction the show the, even Game, out the nominees weren't announced so now we, any of us, since then we, we
1: huh? I don't think any of us predicted It Takes Two would even be a nominee right?
0: I don't know. I know. I know for sure none of us predicted it would win. I think we may have briefly talked about it because it was so highly rated, but I don't think we actually ever gave credence to the legitimacy of it winning. Yeah. Spoiler alert. None for, of us have played. As it. we're about to get into it.
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, anyway. So yeah. So as we're gonna go through this, we'll we'll say the nominees and then we'll give you guys the winner if you don't already know. Uh, so for game of the year, the nominees were Deathloop, It Takes Two, uh, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts Two. Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. And obviously, as we discussed, It Takes Two was the winner. Uh, as far as like nominees for Game of the Year, what do you guys think? Do you think it was pretty strong? Well, I
1: not mean, as strong? I don't think Resident Evil, Resident Evil Village strong. should even be. Yeah, Resident Evil
2: 8. Like, it's, okay.
1: I, I don't think that game is Game of the Year quality. Uh, there are parts of it that are great, but there are parts equally, if not more parts, that are just bad. But uh, I, I honestly thought Deathloop was going to take it because the the praise it got, like the the popularity, and the fact that it was like a PlayStation exclusive kind of, you know, that's a that's kind of a factor in in terms of Game of the Year. I feel like for a couple of years running now. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, I, I for me, I thought it was Deathloop. But what were your guys' picks there?
2: Um. I was kind of predicting Psychonauts, that too. That have been awesome. I would have been fine with that, honestly. Yeah, we haven't really seen a lot from the studio lately. Or uh, Tim Schafer. Yeah, like, kind of a legend. So, that's where I was kind of aware that I was expecting it to go. I know a 2D Metroid game, like, hell yeah, but I still don't think Dread was enough. I just think, honestly, they were kind of scraping at the bottom of the barrel this year. Especially with not a lot of people being able to play Horizon 5 or Horizon Five, um, or um, Halo, you know, Halo just came out didn't qualify. I think it was kind of one of those off years where there really wasn't anything that stood out too much, and that's why they were kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel a little bit. But I was surprised. I'm sure it takes it, it takes two is great. We need to play it. I yeah. still need to play it. I think we all mm-hmm. still need to play it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I
0: don't want to come out and be like, oh, this is not a worthy winner, having not played it. Yeah. I personally, I mean, like, I thought
1: it got a lot fun. of critical praise. It's at an 89 on Open Critic. Uh, a lot of people were talking about it, but it was one of the games that came out at the beginning of the year with like Hitman and stuff. So I personally thought it would have been like, you know, it's been too long. Other games are more in the conversation. So I didn't think it had a chance that way. But, you know, I guess the same thing, something similar happened with Sekiro in 2019. No. 2019 Control was the better game, but you know, not that I played Sekiro, but still, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll have to play it takes two and kind of see it. It just, it definitely took me by surprise that that one, um, best narrative. Let's talk about best narrative. Uh, nominees were Deathloop. It takes two life is strange. True colors. Marvel's guardians of the galaxy and psychonauts Two, Marvel. Guardians of the Galaxy actually took the prize. Uh well deserved. I think the narrative was
2: very was well deserved. Phenomenal
1: for Guardians of the Galaxy. I also think the narrative was phenomenal for Psychonauts 2. Life is Strange. Um Deathloop, not so much, because that does rely more so on the environmental storytelling, and you kinda have to like seek out the narrative and then kind of the ending is a little abrupt. But I've heard It Takes Two is also has a great narrative, so um Kind of see why that was on there, but I thought not enough people would have given credence to Guardians of the Galaxy for it to win. I'm really glad it did, but I thought Psychonauts 2 was going to take it just because it was more, it was out there longer. A lot of people had time to like digest it, and that fucking story is awesome. But
0: so, my question is because since like the narrative is such obviously such a big part of a lot of games, especially when they're story based, do you feel like Guardians of the Galaxy should have been in the Game of the Year over like Resident
1: Evil. Yeah, it's definitely in my Game of the Year cuz so for those of you who don't know, we're doing we're we haven't submitted our final nominees for the Tuggies yet. We're still working on it. Um but we have a spreadsheet, each of us has a spreadsheet where we're plugging in our nominees. So Guardians of the Galaxy is on my nominees for Game of the Year right now. Granted I haven't played it takes 2, but it's still up there. Rick, would you say it's Game of the Year quality?
2: Um, Honestly, the story is Game of the Year quality. The gameplay, however, it, it's lacking a little bit. It, it's still a lot of fun, and the story definitely helps it up. But considering the Tuggies range is a little bit wider than the um, Game Awards range, I think it has a lot to kind of compare up against.
1: Yeah, because we, we will be including every game that released well, every game that we've played that released in 2021. So Halo does qualify for a Tuggy, even though it didn't qualify for a Game Award this year.
0: Looking at Best Art Direction, so the nominees for that were The Artful Escape, Deathloop, uh, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. And Deathloop was the winner, and I feel like out of all of those games, it should have finished. Artful Escape should
1: have won. Out of all those Artful games, I think either Artful
0: or Escape or Kenna should... I, I think Deathloop, out of all of those games, is the
1: least deserving winner.
0: I think of those five games, Deathloop should have finished last, not first, in art direction. I and think... also how Forza isn't in there. I understand it like just came out, and not enough people would have played it in order to like have an impact as far as nominations are concerned.
1: I think it was mostly... Um the stylistic choices of Deathloop that kind of got it into this category it has that like 1970s like wacky um, old school vibe throughout the entire game and they do such a good job of like going through it because you have like the, the technology that, that, that seems like it fits into that world the mystical powers that seem that, to fit into that world like the outfits of people and like the crazy uh, they have the cutscenes which are like the um, graphic novel
2: like those grindhouse yeah, yeah, movies. Exactly. So I think that's
1: what people are are thinking of when they think of like art direction, not just the graphics of Deathloop. loop. Uh, so I, I don't think it, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that it was in this category. It's just, yeah, for me, when I think of art direction, like the wacky worlds and designs of the artful escape and, you know, Kenna just being so beautiful, the little goobers and, like it's a Pixar movie basically. Pixar movie, yeah. Yeah. And then I mean even
0: like even like Psychonauts, Psychonauts too. It's such like a weird and whack. like that's yeah, even wackier the, and weirder. Like the
1: weird stuff in like that Tim Schaefer comes up with going into people's brains and like you know, you're and I think fearing the dentist, so like everything is like a And dent, I think that's what yeah, makes
0: teeth for me covered. like for me I thought Psychonauts would win. Yeah. Because I think the hardest thing that they're having to do for that game is you're trying to materialize something that is abstract and not concrete mm-hmm. that when you're talking about like playing a game in like the environment of someone's mind there's no like proper way to establish consciousness that way or to establish like the environment that way you're you're having to make it up and kind of create that environment on your own and through your own perception which i think that's the most impressive that's the most difficult thing to do
1: yeah and so they, I
0: was like, I was in there. I thought that would win out of those five. Yeah, Either yeah. that or Artful Escape. I had it between those two. Even though like, Kenna is obviously beautiful, Ratchet's obviously beautiful. I thought just based on the difficulty of the environment they were trying to create, that Psychonauts would
1: win. It's just there's a hundred different outlets voting on this. And I'm sure each of them has their own interpretation of what what should be qualifying to get into this category. Um, it kind of makes me think for this year's tuggies we should come up with descriptions for each of our categories just to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Because like, what, what, what you think of as art direction might be different from what I think of yeah. as art direction. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so we'll kind of like mull that over and then, you know, I don't know if we want to do a, a podcast on where we're discussing that, or if we just want to release it as like a, a document or something, but we'll kind of come up with that. But I think that's definitely going to be helpful. To make sure we're on the same page. Best Game Direction. Rick, you want to take this one?
2: I will weigh in on this one. So, Best Game Direction. Um, the nominees were Ratchet & Clank, A Rift Apart, Psychonauts 2, Returnal, It Takes Two, and Death Loop. And of course, the winner there was uh, Deathloop, yeah. which,
1: again, I was something I was surprised with when I when I think of Deathloop, I think of gameplay, I think of like, world design and stuff like that. Game direction wise, I guess it does, it It would take a lot of um, kind of like direction and making sure everything works right when you are doing constant loops, and you're allowing the player to go to like any of these areas in any order they want and stuff. Um, So I guess it makes sense. Just when I think of the best directed game this year, to me, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is up there in terms of like the direction of that story and how well crafted that is. There was never a moment in pacing where I felt like, oh, shit, this is getting like really slow or what the hell are they doing here or whatever. Um, I think Psychonauts 2 is also pretty well in that terms of like telling the story. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think there?
2: See, what I think there is kind of like what you mentioned earlier uh, about Deathloop's narrative, how it's more like an environmental narrative. I think that speaks pretty well for the uh, direction itself of the game. Um, I think it it works, and I understand why it won. I know there's plenty of other ones that really measured up, like Love Psychonauts 2. I really wish uh, Guardians of the Galaxy got a nod. But the direction that Deathloop took was—it was fun. It kind of took those, you know, standard like loop games that we've been seeing all year, like twelve minutes. Twelve
1: minutes, minutes and, is one I would have considered for this category as well.
2: Yeah, that was a good point. But I think Deathloop really like it made it fun, and I think it worked. Like I think there were some options that should have been up there as well, but I'm not disappointed that Deathloop won. Yeah,
1: I mean Deathloop def- definitely deserves. Re- uh, awards um i just think based on all the nominees and stuff like psychonauts uh fucking Death door like there's a lot of games that were just completely snubbed that i think deserve recognition that didn't get it so that's kind of my whole thing
2: here i was so pissed that death's door didn't get like the proper recognition
1: yeah. um most anticipated game we had elden ring god of war ragnarok uh horizon forbidden west the sequel to Legend of Zelda, the Breath, of, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and Starfield. So, I mean, I had Elden Ring won, and I had no doubts that Elden Ring would win because that fan base is so rabid that they. I could totally see every every chat, every of these events. If you look at the chat, it's always like, where the fuck is Elden Ring? Where's Elden Ring? Show yeah, us Elden absolutely. Ring! Absolutely. So, right, like, that, exactly. That fan base is very. No other fan
0: base has that. In getting
1: yeah. that name out there. So, I think because uh, this was 100% fan voted, I think those people are the ones who made like 12 different emails to go and vote yeah. <laughs> for Elden Ring.
0: I think they're also looking at it and it's just like, God of War, do we know we're going to get that in 2022? Is that actually going to happen? horizon are you going to stack that up against Elden ring yeah breath of the wild sequel i think it'd be easier if it had a name
1: and it wasn't just the sequel to the legend of zelda it's breath coming out wild. 2022 i mean i've drafted it no no yeah two years in a row but then, i'm drafting it third year if i can
0: third time's the charm and then starfield obviously so it's just like i think Elden ring was going to be the clear winner i wasn't surprised at all
1: yeah it's like uh, kind of one of the reasons we kind of took this category out of the Tuggies, because we're like, right. what does that really even mean? It's like, yeah, you're at that excited. point, it's just like,
0: what's the game you're looking forward to most? Exactly. Yeah. What game are you personally excited for? And we'd all be in different places depending on what game we want to play. So
1: yeah, I think there was a four way tie when we had this category last. So we
0: can't yeah. take it out. All right. So best audio design. The nominees were Deathloop, uh, Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. A Resident Evil Village and Returnal. And I'm really annoyed that Forza won because I don't think of the audio when I, I mean obviously the cars sound incredible. But like that's not what I'm thinking about when I play Forza. So like like for me, if like if Forza can be nominated for audio design, it should have been nominated for art direction. And like that's where I'm at with it. And then even in those games, for me personally, I would say Returnal had awesome audio. Design the environment that's changing. You have like the rain pattern that, like, you're all that stuff, and then you have the different creatures and the environment that's changing and the sounds that you get from that. Um, it's different from like score and musical soundtrack, but like you take the the music that comes into the audio design as well and the way they pace it, depending on where you are and your run and stuff like that. So for me, I thought Returnal should have won based on those
1: five. Personally. Yeah, I agree. When I look back at Returnal, granted, I didn't beat it or you know, get super far into that game. But what I remember besides like the art direction and the visuals is the sound design, like the rain when you're getting out of your ship and you can feel it because of the dual sense plus the 3d audio and stuff. Like I used headphones when playing that game because it just made that experience that much better. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember much in terms of audio design for resident evil village or ratchet and clank rift apart, I have not played enough of Deathloop to, or I've not played enough of Forza to comment on that. But um, like Deathloop, like,
0: like with Forza, the like with Forza, like the structure of like the or the sound of the destruction is really crisp. The sound of the engines of the cars is really nice. Like, but like to make those sounds crisp and clean is not difficult in the scope of the game because it's, those are pretty standard sound, an engine sound, destruction of the environment is pretty standard in games now so like that's that's kind of all i could think of as far as audio design that would make it like kind of stand out is just like the sound of the engines and the cars and stuff like that which obviously are great but yeah i thought there were better games from an audio
1: perspective um with death loop when i think of audio design i feel like it was a very clever use of audio design because um i played on playstation 5 i know uh Rick, you, were you were you using an xbox controller on pc or how did you Okay. I was with the PlayStation Five control because it has the speaker. Uh, it's what they did was they had uh, when you didn't have your uh, walkie-talkie. Juliana's talking to you through the the game, like the speakers in the game, like the the broadcast system. That was in your headphones in the game, or like through your TV. Um, technically, it was through my uh, surround sound. When she is talking to you, when you have your walkie-talkie, the audio comes through the speakers, and I don't normally I'm like, this is all very gimmicky. I don't like the speaker of the, the, the controller and everything, but it worked well because it's like, this feels like I'm actually talking to somebody on the walkie talkie. So I think that was a smart use of audio design. And I think not a lot of games think of stuff like that. So,
2: Oh God, much better than, um, the baby crying. uh, Yeah. God.
1: Oh my God.
2: Yeah. Could you turn that off?
1: Yeah, you could. I, that's the first thing
2: I did. Um, I never did just, just to punish myself. My game was a punishment.
0: But it was so good. So best score and musical soundtrack. Nominees were The Artful Escape, Cyberpunk 2077, Deathloop, Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy, and near Replicant version. I'm not saying the whole number. <laughs> or do I have to? Oh, you're fine. No, so um near replicant one. I know Which, Pat, before even these things were nominated, when he was playing Death Store, was raving about the music
1: yeah, in Death Store. Because again, two people because made it was like, two people made Death Store. What the guy who did like the the combat and the programming or whatever also did the music. And I'm like, how is this possible? Because the like you sound like you're a fucking composer or whatever. So yeah it was just like
0: it's probably why it worked so well because he's designing the combat and everything so he knows exactly what it's supposed to feel like from like a musicals perspective, so he can balance it really well,
1: maybe maybe, but yeah, like I know you know Rick is gonna play Death Star before the the tuggy nomination, Zach, even if you don't, go listen to the the soundtrack for Star.
0: oh, oh, I've watched um like YouTube videos of like people playing it and stuff like that 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 like makes you want to run through a brick wall like i'm I am ready to go like.
1: So, okay. I I don't know if that expression was meant for it to be good or bad. So.
0: No, that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. I'm like Jack, like hyped up. I'm like, let's do this thing. Look.
1: So obviously the music was really good in that. I did enjoy the music in uh, ArcFall Escape. That game is like so reliant on the music. Uh, obviously.
2: Oh my god, it was a very fun musically, yeah. and like you can interact with like basically like play music as you're just walking mm-hmm. around. Yeah like that was And the the, uh,
1: the folk music songs in there too. Like at the beginning when you're playing them I'm like holy shit, is this can I download this? <laughs> but uh Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy obviously has great music, uh both the original and the the licensed music in there. Uh Cyberpunk qualifies for this year because it came out December of last year, kind of like Halo did this year. So it's it's kind of one of those weird that it's like technically it's a last year game but it's this year's game awards. I think Cyberpunk won for music last year for the tuggies, correct? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it did cuz the music in Cyberpunk is great. Um but yeah. I mean, I could definitely see all of the like I granted I haven't played near replicant version whatever, but I think Death Store should have been on this list. I don't know if it's just not enough people played it or if Nier is really that good, but yeah. Best Indie Game, moving on. Uh, Best Indie Game, we had 12 Minutes, Death Store, Inscription, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, and Loop Hero. Uh, Devolver really coming in hard. They had uh, Loop Hero, Inscription, and Death Store, So three out of the five nominees there. Uh, The winner was Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, which i was flabbergasted cuz that game's good but it's not like like death store is amazing so
0: i didn't think kenna was going to win personally i think kenna was better than 12 minutes i haven't played death store or inscription or loop hero but from what everyone said about death store like i think like just speaking just from kenna's perspective the story is the story's good it's it's very nice and it's wholesome it's sweet the gameplay is decent the gameplay's solid. Combat is minimalistic. It's it's simplistic, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but it didn't uh, yield itself to a lot of variety in what you could do. Uh, they kind of made up for that by, with the variety of the enemies that you fought. Um, but it, it, it was a good game. It, it was a good game. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think it was going to win Best Indie Game.
1: It did win Best Debut Game, which... I think that it deserves like this yeah, is the that's first right. game I'm, I'm you're totally making. okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very good first attempt at a game and I'm really excited to see what else the studio does because they're clearly talented, but you can kind of see it's this. It's tough for me too, because effort.
0: the, the focus point of the game was so cinematic again, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, but, but a large portion of the game was spent in those cinematic moments. And I think that, it almost like kind of detracts from or it, for me personally it would kind of put you at a disadvantage in something where i can compare it to a different game who's presenting it everything is in gameplay basically yeah. so
1: uh rick do you feel forgotten city should have been on this list
2: i was hoping forgotten city would be mentioned at some point i know it's been like kicking around for a while since it's was like a what a skyrim mod. mod
1: but this is their but the f- official game so they added a lot to make this like a a standalone release
2: and the game awards just kind of was like well fuck you
1: i think the issue with that is
2: forgotten city definitely it it hit hard it was really good not enough people played it yeah especially it being on game pass it being readily available and honestly pretty short play it was
1: not game pass at launch
2: like it was not game Pass, which i think would have
1: made it bigger it would have it would have made more of an impact at launch if it launched to game pass versus coming to game pass two months down the line or whatever. So I don't know. Uh, 12 minutes. I think I, like I enjoyed that game. I know people have some problems with it. I know Rick's not a huge fan, but <laughs> well, I it did I something tried. unique. I tried. I tried. Which
2: to I always enjoy.
1: And overall, I think it was a good experience, at least in my opinion, but yeah, moving on. So those were the major awards. There, uh, a lot of surprises. A lot of, yeah, we saw that coming from a mile away. They had some esports awards and stuff like that as well. But uh, the biggest thing was pacing of the awards. We we started off one or two awards where they actually had people come out and present them, and then Keely just rapid fired rewards, and then we ended with like one or two where they're like actually announcing them and stuff like that. But um, for an award show, I think you definitely need a little bit more focus on the awards. But,
2: you it seemed like it got really rushed there at the end, too. Like, you can tell, like, he was kind of forcing people. He's like, okay, cool. Talk, tell your spiel. We're mm-hmm. running a well long time.
1: Again, we did not need three music performances, uh, Keeley, so maybe take time out of that next time, but uh, moving on to the actual announcements, uh, a lot of people watch the Game Awards specifically for the announcements. And it kinda of does have a history of big announcements like twenty nineteen, we had the announcement of Hellblade Two and the Xbox Series X. Like that was the first time they showed the console, they talked about it, all of that, um pre pandemic. So yeah, it's it's definitely kind of like a mini E three at this point, right? Yeah. All in one night. Yeah. So Zach, you wanna kinda of go through these?
0: Yeah, so kinda go through the announcements. Uh, kind of talk about each one briefly because there were a lot of them. Uh, so the first one we're going to start with is a Star Wars Eclipse. So Quantic Dream, who are largely responsible and were known for uh, Detroit Become Human, uh, are working on a new Star Wars game titled Star Wars Eclipse. Uh, it's going to be set in the High Republic, and we don't know too much about it. It is early in development. So I biggest takeaway from that is obviously don't expect it anytime soon, but just know that it is being worked on.
1: Uh, Yeah, so this was something that was rumored. Did we talk about this on the podcast? I don't remember.
0: I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or if it was just Slack.
1: It might have been. But yeah, it was definitely something that was rumored. uh, I think Jeff Grubb uh, rumored saying like this was going to be announced uh, either end of this year or early next year. And it is Quantic Dream doing a Star Wars game when this started. And then they showed the Lucasfilms thing. I think me and Rick are both like, yeah, Star Wars. We know this is Star Wars. But we were like, is this Quantic Dream or is this Ubisoft's Because Ubisoft is also doing a, a Star Wars game, right? And then once we saw more of the stuff that looked like High Republic, we're like, okay, this is, this is probably the Quantic Dream game. But what do you guys think? It was just a CG trailer, but I'm hoping it's a lightsaber combat game. Um, rumor is, when, when the rumors came out, and if the rumor for like the name and all that was accurate, uh, the rumor is this is an action game not a classic quantic dream game where it's just talking and picking dialogue choices and quick time events. This is an actual action
2: game. See that's where it gets me worried. Cause I never played Detroit Become Human, but I did play uh, a it, lot of Detroit heavy Rain. is
1: very similar to Heavy Rain in terms of gameplay.
2: So now I'm just kind of worried about how they're how they're gonna go about combat if they want to make it super like heavy in combat. Like They're not really used to the style. I wonder if how that's just going to be. I'm assuming they're going to
1: hire up, um, you know, get a lot of people that have experience with that. Um, You know, something similar happened with Respawn, classic shooter developer, decided to make a melee action game and worked out pretty well. So, you know, maybe we definitely need to see gameplay and get some more info on this. But I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt at this point. I do want choice to play an impact on this game as well i don't want them to kind of completely abandon that whole part of it like i want to be a branching narrative based on my choices and i want to be either yes dark side or light side
0: uh yeah i mean you're gonna have to refresh the high republic what is that time period
1: it's so the old Republic was like 50,000 years ago. This is like 200,000 years ago. So, um, Oh, so this is even
0: way, way, way back.
1: Yeah. And it's just a way for them to like do stories and refresh the can, like add stories now that are canon that weren't, Mm -hmm. that wouldn't have been before.
0: Okay. Or would there be, would this primarily be like, were they even Jedi that far back?
1: Yeah. It's still Jedi. It's just, uh, um, no characters that we know of that we unless. would have ever known. There, there's like a couple of books that have been released for, uh, I think a couple of books and graphic novels that have been released for the high Republic, but I'm pretty sure this is just uh quantum dreams. Like make an original story, do okay. whatever you need to do. Yeah.
0: I'm okay. With that, uh, with it being like an action game, do we have an, I, I, I obviously don't think we do. Do we have any idea of like what it would look like? I'm trying to imagine if it would be something similar to like a Fallen Order kind of thing and that kind of style
1: or... So again, this is just rumored because we don't have any confirmation. Um, but if the rumors of the game actually existing were true, then I'm assuming the the rumors of the type of game and everything might have some credence as well. Uh, the Yeah, it's just a third-person lightsaber combat game. So probably okay. something very similar to uh, Fallen Order, maybe not as fluid because again, these right. are not... They're okay. not known for their action game part of it so right. but again neither was respawn so you never know
0: yeah. i mean I, I love i love me some star wars i love all the star wars video games for the most part so can't go wrong well actually that's a lot you could absolutely go wrong what am i saying i'm just being super optimistic i think it'd be i think it'd be good
1: yeah um you know that we had a brief announcement for a wonder woman game That itself does not excite me. What excites me is that this was a monolith-developed game, obviously known for uh, Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor uh, with their nemesis system and everything. Um, The uh, official press release after the announcement said that um, Wonder Woman will be a single-player open-world action game featuring an original story as players star as Diana in a fight to unite her Amazon family and the humans from the modern world. Wonder Woman will also use Monolith's nemesis system from Middle Earth games. As it appears, the system will be used for both enemies and friendly characters in the world. What does that do for you guys?
2: Not much, personally. It's nice. (laughs) Honestly, it's nice. It was a good mechanic, and I'm excited to see it utilized in a different, I guess, IP. I think the mechanic is awesome,
0: and I love it. I have no interest in playing a Wonder Woman game, personally. I think it's a superhero. No, I think it's just as a superhero, Wonder Woman is just... How is it that, like, the villains are so accurate that all they can do is just shoot at her wrist bracers? And that's all they can hit. It doesn't make any
1: sense. It doesn't make sense. I think it's that... They're they're shooting at her, she's moving her No, I understand that the it, there's side. no way you can move that fast. I Wonder Woman can. Awesome. That's literally her power. But anyway, um I think
2: she's a Wonder Woman. No, so, I understand that, but it's just like, you know.
1: The most fun part of of Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor to me was the gameplay. Like that felt super fluid. Um it felt very Assassin's Creedy in terms of like open world and you know, climbing and all of that. Taking yeah, over bases. Exactly. So um, bringing that to a Wonder Woman game, I think they have the gameplay down. She she probably will fight very similar to how Talon fought in uh, the Shadow game. So I'm excited for that. Um, you know Wonder Woman they have the IP recognition now. I know Lord of the Rings is technically IP recognition as well, but Wonder Woman is pretty popular as a character these days. So, um, you know using some unknown character from the Lord of the Rings world as opposed to using wonder woman i think that's going to give him a little bit more uh popularity i guess so hopefully this game does yeah does pretty well and then um,
0: i want to i want to introduce this one just because it was funny Yeah, go the ahead. Way it was introduced to me so i was i was coaching during the game awards so i didn't get to like watch it live so then when i go back and look at my phone and look at slack the first message I see that pops up there is Pat screaming my name. He's like, Zach ah! Alan Wake Two. I know they're all I know Pat's super excited. I know Rick's super excited. Um, I'm happy for your guys' it's in excitement. So yes, Alan Wake two is announced. It will release in twenty twenty three. Uh from what I read on Polygon, this will be Remedy's first survival horror game. At this point, I will just let you guys take it away with your excitement.
2: Yeah. Their first survival horror game terrifies me because there's a lot of like implements of survival horror that I experienced in like Control and the original Alan Wake, where like maybe I was a little in over my head, and I kind of was like, okay, cool, Uh, survival game instincts like went in, and I was like, okay, cool, just run to the next checkpoint, like don't fucking die. So I'm really excited to see what happens when they try to make it like that. (laughs)
1: Um. Yeah. So the way they introduce this like Jeff Keighley's like you know there's a lot of things that leak I'm so glad this didn't leak and then they played the video and you know we kind of we kind of get the hint like the tone of the video at the beginning obviously we don't know it's Alan Wake yet and then the character starts talking and doing his monologue and then they're showing the scenery and then I'm like is that Alan Wake and then I'm like that's fucking Bright Falls this is Alan Wake so like it was just a buildup of like me realizing what's going on and then finally confirming it and then Alan Wake popped up and not only that 2023 popped up. So I'm like, holy shit, this is Alan Wake two and it's coming soon. Like this is like, you know, in my head, Alan Wake two, if it ever came out, would be like 2025 or something like that. I don't know what you were thinking, Rick, but
2: I was just hoping for 2023 considering we've heard nothing about it. And it was just like a little teaser now they talked about how they're trying their best to get on it so of course 2023 mm-hmm. might change but i'm optimistic yeah, they said
1: more info is coming summer of 2022 so i assume at a summer game fest uh or like maybe on xboxs or playstations uh showcases in the summer or something like that they'll give us more gameplay or like an another trailer or something like that but it is coming to playstation 5 xbox series x and pc uh, this will be the first game, first Alan Wake game that releases at launch on PlayStation. So, uh, if you are a PlayStation-only person, I would recommend checking out Alan Wake Remastered. That'll get you, and Control, obviously, Control, Tuggy winner um, 2019. So, But yeah, I'm super excited, and I'm really glad Remedy is working on a lot of games right now. Um... Forspoken got a release date, right? We,
0: uh, yes, it did.
1: We didn't know that previously.
0: No, yeah. So it finally got a release. We've seen we've seen quite a bit of it uh, at this point uh, with like various trailers and stuff like that. But we do finally have a release date. It will be released May twenty fourth, twenty
1: twenty two. Which yeah, good time. Do you think that it. will
0: get delayed? Like,
1: no, because it took them so long to actually announce the date. And I feel like this would have been sooner, but they probably pushed it back like... based on competition in early spring. So I think that's yeah. definitely a good time for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Hellblade 2, so Senua Saga Hellblade 2, is the name yeah. reversed so this is... So the name was actually announced as uh, Senua Saga Hellblade 2 when it was first announced in 2019.
0: Was it? Okay. I feel like we've always talked about it as Hellblade 2. Does that mean the first game was Senua Sacrificed? No, the first game was Hellblade
1: colon Senua's Sacrifice.
0: I I don't like that it's flipped. I don't like that I didn't know it was flipped and it's been flipped for two years and I've just not gotten comfortable with it. (laughs) I think had I been aware of this two years ago and had just been calling it the way it should have been called, I would have been comfortable with it now. But now I don't like it.
1: <laughs> I feel like Hellblade is such a generic name, they probably want to emphasize the character of Senua a little bit more, so they flipped it. But, no, that
0: makes sense. I, I don't think it's bad. It's just like...
1: But no, yeah, this was not... Was weird a, Zach has cinematic trailer on here. This was actual gameplay. Um, but...
0: Yeah, it, it was weird. It was very the way, the way it was present, it was like... Yeah. yeah. It was, it was a vertical I mean, I had the word gameplay in there, but it was like it was almost like a... They didn't it have looked any like HUD a cinematic and, trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but
1: wh- what did you guys think of this? Like when we were watching this, like it was so it's scary. It's scary. <laughs> like I went, I went and watched the uh 4k, uh, like standalone version. Cause obviously it, we we're streaming it. It's compressed on YouTube and stuff, but yeah, it looks phenomenal using Unreal Engine five and yeah, I can't wait to play this game.
0: I love hearing the voices again. It brought me back to when I first played Hellblade. I was like, "Oh, this is so creepy." Yeah, I love it. I'm so excited, and it's weird for me because, like, my other friends who also know that I don't like playing, like, I, I guess it would be like that kind of game that is like, not it's not horror, but like that, like you know, like however we I would, would describe say it, it.
1: psychological horror.
0: Like, like it's a psych. Okay, yeah, like a psychological horror. So, I my friends who have not played Hellblade. I showed them, like, the trailer for Hellblade 2, and they were like, you're going to play this game. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to play this game. (laughs) And they were like, this is not like you at all. Like, you should see the first game. Like, you should play the first one of this. They're like, this is the second one. I'm like, yeah. So, like, it's it's weird for me, like, to be excited about it. But I'm so excited for
1: it when we were watching this live and like, you know, they were showing gameplay. I'm like, holy fuck. If this is 2022, like Xbox wins next year. And then like, right. No date was actually announced. So I don't know. I'm not very confident. This is 2022, probably 2023, but I'm glad that we finally got gameplay and it looks really good. Uh, I was
0: showing Sam and she was like, is that a real person? Yeah. And I was like, no, (laughs) it's like, that is, that is the game. (laughs) That's crazy. Like it looks so sharp, it looks so clean, and they have all this time still, they're gonna polish it more and everything.
1: Yeah, um, we are running a little long here, so let's kind of go through some of these, uh, really quickly. Uh, so there's a new trailer for Halo, the TV series, on Paramount Plus. Mm. Um, yeah, we already knew the casting details before. This is first, it looks like they are putting some budget behind this, so I mean, I'm gonna watch it, it's a Halo show, but. You know, it's it's also a video game turned into a movie or a TV show, so I don't know how well it will do in terms of right. translating that. Um, Elden Ring got a new trailer, but not not anything super new. I think uh, Sonic Frontiers, open world, Breath of the Wildish Zelda game or Sonic game. What do you guys Sonic yeah, what game. Do you guys think of this?
2: I I think it honestly that that'd be fun. Uh, like if it was on Game Pass or like ten dollars, I might check it out. Yeah, Chance really likes Sonic, right? But hopefully with the movie coming out, like they, the, they will get some profit off of it and maybe it'll review review really well. Yeah. So I'll have to see what happens.
1: Uh, arc Raiders, a uh, new game from, where's the studio? Do you not have that on here? Oh, Embark. Studios, uh, I'm trying to remember. Of... Yeah. Arc Raiders.
2: Yeah. Cause it was like a collaboration of a bunch of like creators of other things, their new studio,
1: mm-hmm. um, Embark studios. It's a, uh, free to play third person person versus environment shooter. Um, like machines invading the world coming in 2022, uh, early access, I think, or just regular. I don't know if they specified it, but this seems like a title that would come early access to me. Yeah. But it looked interesting. I'm not gonna like, you know, it looked graphically like interesting and, um, where the, the world is kind of headed but not something that's going to be like huge you know be like oh that's kind of like i don't know not super excited for it but i was interested when watching the trailer
2: that gameplay looked like a lot of yeah. fun
1: um you have the expanse uh telltale series listed on here uh do you mean star trek
0: no this was separate on the polygon arc.
1: Was this in the pre-show then? Yeah, holy I shit! Have
0: the, I still have the article up. Like,
1: okay, yeah. So, I, Deck Nine is making a Expanse. Why is it called the Telltale series?
0: Yeah, that's all it says. So it says Amazon Prime series, The Expanse is getting a video game titled The Expanse: A Telltale Series. It'll be developed by Telltale Games with Life is Strange True Colors director or er, uh, Life is Strange True Colors Studio Deck Nine. That's all it
1: says. Okay, that's weird because Telltale themselves are a developer, but I guess they're publishing games now? I don't know. Well, Telltale was, you know, shut down and then I thought another company called themselves Telltale. So this is not the original Telltale. I guess they're a publisher and not a developer. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm reading the Expanse books. I haven't seen the TV show, but that definitely piques my interest.
2: Yeah, I might have to check out the books, because it's a telltale game.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of this is from, I don't even know what Homeworld 3 is. But Nightingale was announced. This is uh, the first game from Improbables Edmonton Studio. Is that right? I thought it was Inflection yep. Games.
0: They, uh, they're they called Inflection Games now.
1: Okay. So they've changed their name to Inflection Games. Uh, this uh, this is the uh, former director for Dragon Age. They have some ex-Bioware developers as well. Uh, it's a survival game set in the Victorian era. Scary monsters with human faces <laughs> is what Zach has. No, no,
0: no, yeah. It's like actually really creepy. So it's like...
1: I saw the it, trailer. It's a monst-
0: yeah, like, it's a monster. It's totally a monster. And like the top of it's like the top of where its mouth would be is, like, a human head. And then the whole head of, like, the whole human head moves up. And where your neck would be, there's, like, a mouth. with Sharp, jagged teeth. Oh, yeah. So it's, like...
2: I saw that. That, was, that was pretty that scary. That happened, I almost, like, fell off the couch. I was, like, because I was on my laptop.
0: I was, like, <laughs>
1: what
2: the fuck? Not prepared for that.
1: Yeah, I think the... This is uh... a game
0: I most certainly will not be playing. I will not play this game. There's this... almost nothing you can do to make me play this game.
1: One of the uh, the characters is like ever since the portal network collapsed like we've been fighting these things or whatever. So um, I, I'm not sure this looked kind of like Chance was excited about this but it was like a shooter slash community building like base building game or something like that. I don't know. It's It seemed weird. Very online multiplayer focused. So not really my my cup of tea. I think Rick, you had a similar reaction, right?
2: Yeah, I'm not. I probably like. I I love the design. The design looked great. Like that looked like a game that I would want to play. But I'm not a big like online multiplayer crafter. <laughs> like I I kind of missed the boat on that yeah. one.
1: Um, and then the Silent here Silent Hill creator came out and basically teased us all, thinking it was going to be a new Silent Hill, but instead it was his new game. Slitterhead, which
2: looked very weird that looked great
0: yeah i read the description of it on the polygon article and i was like i'm not gonna put this in here it's scary
2: yeah uh
1: we finally got (laughs) gameplay for suicide squad um from rocksteady uh we knew it was a third person shooter but we had never like actually seen it now we know it is like a third person co-op shooter seems like a a big emphasis on like big battlefields where you are like traversing like we saw uh what's his face the boomerang guy can teleport harley has her like kind of almost grapple shot swinging thing um but yeah i mean what are, what are your thoughts on that rick as a rocksteady fan
2: honestly like as far as a rocksteady title i'm sure they're gonna find some ways to kind of make it more explorative at least like what we're used to from the arkham series um but honestly i think it, it might work i they might be taking some notes from marvel's avengers as far as kind of the more like open combat arena but you know story which is probably the wrong playbook to copy off of but i trust rocksteady i think they'll do a good job and i'm really intrigued about the story about how um the brainiac has justice league under their thumb so be fun to see like how would you kill the flash
1: yeah I think the boss battles are going to be the most interesting because we did we only saw like them versus like random grunts and stuff like that.
2: So I'm gonna assume like the entire like like area will be the boss mm-hmm. battle. I don't know. I'm I'm really intrigued in how they're gonna go about it.
1: Yeah, and then we got a Star Trek game which is called Star Trek uh, Resurgence. Um, it is not a Telltale game, but it is very much in the style of a Telltale game. I am really excited for that. Uh, it's due to launch next spring on Xbox, PlayStation, and Epic Game Store. Thoughts on that? Anyone, no one? All right. Uh, (laughs) Um,
2: I'll probably play it just because it's a potential Telltale title and at least I love those style of games, especially in February. I don't know why.
1: Uh, Dune Spice Wars, which is a uh, 4X strategy game, real-time strategy game uh, from Shiro Games, slated for early in-access launch on PC in 2022. Does that do anything for you, Zach, as a strategy game fan?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do. God damn it. Wait, what? I just thought we
0: lost you. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah, I'm here. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a, I like strategy games, so this is definitely something I would give a shot and try it out.
2: And honestly, like, I remember growing up, my stepdad would always be playing Dune on his computer, so I, it used to be a strategy game, like, in the vein of, um, like, StarCraft. And uh, if it's something similar, I might just play it for the nostalgia. i am actually been trying to find that original Dune game, like, on, like good old games and steam and really been coming up dry. But I remember that being like a stable PC game in our household.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure that's something I wouldn't be surprised if like the publisher is kind of no longer a company and now there's no one to distribute that or anything, but uh, among us, VR, does that do anything for you guys?
2: Uh, no, considering I don't have VR and I don't really play Among Us anymore.
1: It's coming to... It is coming to MetaQuest, PlayStation VR, and Steam VR headsets. Now, what's weird is there's another VR game. I forget which one, but they had Oculus listed on here, but this one said MetaQuest. I'm like, is is Facebook changing the name of Oculus? Because Oculus is a very known brand at this point. That, That would be very weird, but that's a conversation for a different day. Um we finally had the confirmation for Cuphead's DLC expansion called The Delicious Last Course. Uh it'll be available June 30th, 2022 on all platforms that Cuphead is on. Um this is what this was announced 3 years ago at this point. So it's kind of odd that I I personally thought this was going to be like a standalone expansion now, so you don't need Cuphead to play it, but it seems like this is still going to be like you need Cuphead, and you need to launch Cuphead to be able to play this. What are you guys' thoughts on this?
2: Never played much Cuphead. Um, the fact that it has been such a long time it does suck that it's not a standalone, but if you already played Cuphead, you're probably going to play this, so uh, it doesn't affect me too yeah. much.
1: It looked really good. Like it, It's got that old Disney uh, movie art style, and it is like actually hand-drawn. And that's why the, these games oh, really? take so long to come out, yeah. So. Good for them. Okay, yeah, so Crossfire X uh, come in February 10th. Uh, if you guys don't remember, this is the multiplayer being developed by uh, Smilegate, and then the two different campaigns being developed by Remedy. So when this game launches, you will be able to play the multiplayer for free, kind of like Halo. The campaigns will cost you money, and that's both campaigns are made by remedy and um, each kind of is like one is the story of one faction and one is the story of another faction that are going head to head. So that kind of itself interests me and the fact that remedy is making it they've never made a bad game. So I would be more interested in the campaign. the uh, the multiplayer was available in beta um, for like a week or something and I did play it and I did not enjoy any time with it so. I don't, I don't, I'm not very confident in the multiplayer. What about you guys?
0: Yeah, I hopped into the multiplayer a little bit and didn't enjoy it.
1: Yeah, there's moments where I couldn't move when I respawned because my controller just stopped accepting input for my, my character. So (laughs) that was granted over a year ago. So maybe they've done some more stuff to that and kind of worked all that out but that uh the campaign is what interests me but yeah that was pretty much it for the game awards uh no no it wasn't um we did get (laughs) we did get a new trailer for somerville uh which was announced oh yeah the one with the dog was announced back at uh the game awards or not not the game awards the uh xbox e3 Xbox E3 press conference. This is coming to Game Pass, day and date. Uh, looks very good. I'm really excited. A lot of like the beginning of it. Is, I'm like, this is just concept art. Like this is beautiful concept art that they've made into a game. So I'm pretty excited for that. Um, we also got gameplay for uh, Plague Tale, uh, Requiem. Requiem. What were you guys thoughts on that?
2: Honestly, I need to play more of Plague Tale Innocence. Um, kind of been slacking on that, but it looks, yeah, it looks really good. I, cool. I haven't played also... any of Plague Tale. I think I have it downloaded, though.
1: Play pig, Plague Tale, dude. If you like Last of Us, you'll like Plague Tale. Um, but Plague Tale Requiem looks beautiful. I think this is another uh, Unreal Engine Five game. Um, the fact that they you know fast track this because what Plague Tale was 2019, so I think it'll be. Oh, I did not know. It was 2019 that. or maybe 2018, but I'm, I'm, I kind of think it was 2018 or 2019. But the fact that they like kind of fast-tracked this, like as they were developing Plague Tale Innocence, they knew they had something special. So I am really uh, excited for this. This is also coming to Game Pass day and, want, day and date, and it has a 2022 launch window, but not a, a hard date yet. And... Now, I think that is everything, so
2: yeah, <laughs> now we did it
0: so yeah, so that was everything from the game awards. uh we did do predictions for them, but uh we're gonna push our review of those back for when we look back at our entire years, like our end of year predictions though. uh, so we will go over those at that time, uh, but yeah, that was that was the game awards for twenty twenty one go boss right. Pat, we have a subpar subtitle.
1: Yeah, moving on to Subpar Subtitles. So Subpar Subtitles is a game we like to end the podcast with where we take the idea that game developers like naming their game with franchise colon subtitle, and that's S-U-B hyphen T-I-T-L-E. For example, Plague Tale Innocence. So um, what I've done is I've basically taken a bunch of real subtitles and I've added a fake one, and it's our panel's job here to figure out which one the fake one is. Uh, we have been keeping tally all year. Uh, I believe the scores are 18 for Rick and then 12 for both chance and Zach.
0: Uh, correct.
1: Yeah. So uh, it is kind of make it or break it for Zach at this point, because if he does not get points and Rick does, Rick is one. So you guys ready? Damn the
0: pressure. Yes, I'm ready.
1: All right. Uh, San Francisco, Super Soldier, Abduction, The Run, and The Third. So I will run those one more time for those of you listening at home. San Francisco, Super Soldier, Abduction, The Run, and The Third. Uh, Rick, since you are winning, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I'm just going to go with B. B, Super Soldier, for Rick. Now, Zach, you can either go with what he went with, and if he's right, you guys, you'll still be down six points, so there's no way you can catch up, because we only have one more podcast before the end of the year. So you really no, if need I go. With
0: other... him, no, if I go with him and we match a result, I'm fine. Just one more shot.
1: But there's only three points per. To tie. Players. I would
0: tie. No, I know, but like we would, we, the, the interval would be the same. Like the difference would be the same. Like he would just go up to twenty one. I would go up to fifteen.
1: Yeah, but you'd be down by six points. There's only one podcast left. You would have to rely right, I'd be, on.
0: A, I'd be all real or all free. Oh, thing. you're right. Would you do that <laughs> for the for the memes? <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna go with the third. The third option five, like, but it was the third.
1: Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, All right. So those are locked in. So if you, if you guys did pick the correct one, that is worth three points. Now for the twist, you can choose to say that they were all real or all fake. If you choose all real or all fake, and that is indeed the case, you will get a total of six points. So Zach, why don't we start with you there? What do you think?
0: I don't know. I feel like I have to just go. I feel like I just have to go all real and just say, fuck it. I feel like you're going to do a six pointer either now or at the end. And I'm just going to go for it now.
1: All right. I don't think
0: you're going to do an all fake one. I'm just going to go with all real and hope.
1: Zach is going for all real. Rick, what about you?
2: Funny enough, I'm also going with All damn Real, it. especially since I know the third is an actual subtitle. Uh.
1: For Saints <laughs> all right. All Real. Uh, time for the answers now. So we have Driver San Francisco, Driver? real game. Captain America Super Soldier, real game. It's one of the licensed games that they had for Marvel back in phase one. Uh, Abduction, not a real game. God, <laughs> damn. Need for Speed: The Run, real game. Saints Row: The Third, real game. Nobody. I knew the points. run.
0: Abduction was like almost two on the nose. I was like, that has to be one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so no no change in scores. There will be one more final, uh, not slow or not not slow news. Um, there will be one more final subpar subtitles before the end of the year where. I guess if there is all real or all fake, Zach does have a chance and chance, I guess as well uh, to catch up, but that would assume that Rick. So now Rick just has to go all real or all fake next, next round. And he basically wins, right.
0: He would need to match whatever we do.
1: Yeah. So like
0: in decision making wise. So we're definitely on the outside looking in this year.
1: So I don't know. Maybe I'll do a, a tiebreaker or something as well. But anyway,
2: we'll see what happens.
1: Go ahead. What do you say?
2: Well, I said yeah, we'll see what happens, yeah. all right. R- Honestly, if
0: mere if, if mere chance tie Rick, that'd be an absolute travesty <laughs> because he's been so informed with it all year.
1: <laughs> then we'd have to go reverse alphabetical order by last name.
0: So Chance would win.
1: Yeah, I mean, your last is what the point is there. <laughs>
2: i'm gonna change my last name to Zachary. that sucks
0: because like no that 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 fucking sucks because like my first name if you just went reverse alphabetical my first name i would be first exactly like I, I, i'm on both ends of the spectrum as far as like first name being at the end last name being at the beginning this jackass is
1: like we're gonna go reverse alphabetical by your last name i'm like well why, why the fuck would we do that just to get you so. out of that
0: So anyway, thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can reach us with any questions, comments, concerns. uh, Talk about what you thought about the Game Awards uh, at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. We're on Twitter at TugPod, on Instagram at T-U-G underscore P-O-D, on Reddit at R slash TugPod, and on Facebook, or I guess it's Meta now, at the Untitled Gaming Podcast. Still Facebook. Also check out... Is it still Facebook? All right, cool, whatever. Uh, also check out our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash tugpot, And then we also ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us.
1: One-star review for every other pod.